your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Call him Captain America and call him 1 and 0. What's up? This is EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast from Odyssey. WFN original. We got playing to get to on this episode. So we will be discussing Jalen Brunson's debut with Team USA. They got a win over Puerto Rico in the exhibition game on Monday. So we'll talk about how Brunson looked. We'll talk about how the team looked. Staying with the Team USA conversation, we have one NBA All-Star guard who was not on Team USA for the World Cup saying that he should be on Team USA and that he wants to be on the team for the Olympics. So what does that mean for Jalen Brunson and the comparisons? We'll have that discussion as well. And finally, to end the show, a very interesting report from Sean Devaney of Heavy.com about Emmanuel Quickly's future and perhaps a potential team who may be interested in Quickly in a potential trade. And it's a team that is very familiar with Nick's uh, trade discussion and trade rumors. And it's a player going out for Quickly that also is very familiar for uh, Nick's Twitter and Nick's uh, universe. So we'll talk about all that and more coming up right after this. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So like I said, I'm joined by Tommy Beer. Tommy, happy to have you. I would say I'm having a great morning, but I unfortunately... Uh, I, I accidentally updated my Twitter app, so now it is officially X on my phone. And I, I it happened right before we started recording, and I, I the rage I had and the little ten second outburst I had when I realized what I had done. Um, so, so the morning has been so great, but the fact that we're doing this show, hopefully we can get this ball rolling and and shift the course for how this day has gone so far. Bro, I did the same exact thing yesterday. I was <laughs> it, 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 it threw me off all day. Even the alerts, like when they pop up, they're you know they're not the oh blue, they're the black instead of the, the the usual bird, and just yeah, just I, it really is amazing how much one man has screwed up a uh, and the app wasn't perfect to begin with. Of course, we know this, um, yeah. but the, the amount of uh, you know it's 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 almost unimaginable how how poorly this how this this just basically since the start. But uh, what a mess! Yeah, thanks, Elon. You bozo. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so annoyed, and, and it's crazy because I've been that guy that had been bragging about how, like, oh, I don't have X, so like my my yeah, I've yeah. been Twitter, like I held out for so long, and and you know probably because I'm up so much earlier as we record this podcast more than I normally am that I had a brain fart and just update all my apps, not thinking, yep. and did the same here came that here came the X of Doom. So, uh, <laughs> but, but but anyway, we'll get this show going again. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, and Odyssey WFN uh, original. It's a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time you drop. Also, gives us a review and hopefully a five-star rating uh, on your app as well. And be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can watch episodes of this podcast and shorts from this uh, podcast as well on the WFAN YouTube page. So let's begin with Nick guard Jalen Brunson, quarterbacking Team USA, to its first win of the summer. Uh, the U.S. knocked off Puerto Rico in an exhibition game, 117-74. Brunson finished the game with 11 points, 12 rebounds, three assists. So JB filling up the stat sheet. Uh, Cameron Johnson, Anthony Edwards, they each led Team USA with 15 points apiece. Tyrese Halliburton come off the bench, had a really impressive standout performance. He had 12 assists in 21 minutes. Uh, just to note, Josh Hart did not suit up in this game. This was a rest day for Josh Hart, him being one of the older guys on the team. So he did not play. But uh, but Jalen Brunson does get his debut. Nick, uh, the, I was about to call it Knicks. <laughs> Team USA uh, gets a win, uh, beating uh, Puerto Rico by uh, almost 40 points here. So more than 40 points. So um, your impressions on watching Jalen Brunson play with this team? 
yeah, it was just good to see him out there. You know, chicken soup for the soul to see his little middies, his little wrong footing people off the left hand, um, all that good stuff. It was, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to make too much about an exhibition game and a Team USA game and all that stuff, basically a friendly. Uh, but they look good. He looked great. Um, you know, we just, uh, again, you know, just, uh, you know, for, for Nick fans that haven't had a chance to see him in a little bit um it was a uh, a sight for sore eyes so uh um you know one win in the books and uh we'll see if they can keep it going yeah jb looking good uh, again i mean he looks in great shape which you expect him to look i mean he looks strong um you know summer summer is out now so he looks very tanned as well but uh but he looked good i thought he looked good quarterback in the team it was interesting kind of watching him play that first half and i do think it will be it will be, I think, a conversation in terms for him in terms of how he fits on this team because Jalen Brunson is, is, you know, he's a scoring guard. He was a scoring guard with Dallas. He's a scoring guard with the Knicks. And you can see in that first half, he was very much trying to just kind of run the offense and get guys involved. And Team USA didn't really kind of run away from Puerto Rico in that first half. You saw at the start of the third quarter, he came out super aggressive, looking for his shot, and kind of, I thought, kind of spearheaded kind of the beginning of the end of Puerto Rico in this game. It will be interesting to see just how he fits with that starting lineup. Uh, Halliburton, as I mentioned, he had 12 assists. He was definitely looking to get guys involved. Halliburton, I saw some of the conversation on, online. They said, you know, should he start over Jalen Brunson, given he is able to kind of get guys more involved, he's more of a natural point. But I don't know. I kind of like the fact he can come in and be this super change of pace guard. He kind of almost reminds me of, uh, of Johannes, who kind of plays for uh, the Liberty um, who can kind of come in and just such a different brand of basketball, such a different style of point guard. Uh, I think that that actually is, is a is a is a strength for Team USA for him to come off the bench and bring that off. As opposed to having him start the game, trying to fit, trying to feel his way uh, through a game. So I, I like uh, him coming off the bench, and I also like the size that he has because now he kind of gives Kerr options to go with him and Brunson in the backcourt, or of course he can just take the one on his own. But um, but I, I like what I saw from Jalen Brunson. It was good to see him. Uh, Bessie in that third quarter really get it going, and uh, so far I think the team looks pretty good. I think there was there was one concern I think I would have for Team USA, and I'm curious what you would think. Is something my brother mentioned. Shout out my brother Kendall Stewart, who of course I do uh, my own podcast with New Generation uh, Podcast Network. He mentioned it, and he's right. Like this team's lack of shooting is probably a little concerning. You know, they I think they only made seven threes in the last game. Uh, they didn't shoot necessarily a great percentage. And if you look at the roster, I mean, outside of Cam Johnson, there aren't exactly snipers out there. I mean, Bridges is a good shooter. Halliburton's a good shooter. But you think maybe they, they may be missing some spot-up shooting. What did you think from that aspect uh, in regards to maybe the lack of shooting, or do you think they have enough? Yeah, it definitely could be an issue. I mean, listen, the international game especially um, was kind of ahead of the NBA in a lot of respects. It was really reliant on, on outside shooting. Um, those Euros guys, we know they stretch fours and even the stretch fives will, will step out and, and knock down threes. Um, so in that respect, they might need J, um, JB to, you know, to, to, to make a lot of three pointers, uh, to take and make a, a bunch of three point shots. Brunson, I think, was 0 for 4 or 0 for 3 from, from downtown yesterday. Um, those shots will come, you know, as, as, as Nick fans know, he shot over 40 percent from three over the second half of last season. Right. Um, really has improved as a shooter as his career has gone on. Um, I expect him to continue to do that for Team USA. And, and also with the Halliburton thing, um, they did share the court together. Kerr said that they would, you know, spend some time on the floor together. So I could see both of those guys as part of a closing five. Um, yeah. Certain lineups that they're both playing well, depending on matchups, all that other stuff. Um, obviously, they're both super talented and can complement each other in uh, in many ways. Um, Brunson, interestingly, um, didn't have a double-digit rebound game for the Knicks all of last season, grabbed 12 boards um, in, in just 22 minutes last night. Um, you know, just again, as we know, he's going to do whatever it takes to win, um, you know, whatever whatever the team needs, he's going to do, uh, make those guys feel comfortable. So, um, yeah, it, 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 but, but, but I agree with you. Shooting is, is going to be um, – it, it could definitely be – a cause for concern is a cause for concern. And if they lose any games at some point, um, that will likely be a culprit. Um, them not knocking down enough three pointer because there are going to be teams where they face um, that are going to take and make a ton of threes. And, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe the team USA can overcome it by pounding guys inside and, and, you know, scoring yeah. enough in, in the paint and in the mid range, et cetera, um, to kind of overcome that. And defensively, obviously, you know, holding Puerto Rico to 74, 70 plus points yesterday, um, they can do that as well. So we'll see how it plays out. 
Yeah, and it's going to be interesting following this team, you know, in some of these games ahead of the tournament because you got Saturday, Slovenia, which yeah. <laughs> playing against the great Luka Doncic, who when we watch him play, I mean, you think he's good in the NBA. I mean, when he plays for FIBA, it's almost like he reaches another level. Cheap. So that, yeah, that should be a very fascinating matchup. Then the following day, they play against Spain, who won the world championship yep. uh, last time. So, uh, really intriguing matchups for this upcoming weekend. They also have games uh, against Greece. Giannis not playing. They have Germany uh, before they they kick off the FIBA World Cup, which begins August 26th uh, against New Zealand. So I, yeah. I love FIBA basketball. Like I, 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 it's like I always forget how much I enjoy it until it actually comes. But then I'm like, oh wow, like you know, we have such a long layoff from, especially Knicks fans for a majority of the time, such a long layoff from the end of usually the regular season though we've had some playoff runs recently to the start of, of, you know, the next season, you know, or postseason to the regular season. Like the fact that you do have this little intermittent, intermittent time here and that you're going to have actually Knicks to follow. You get, you got Brunson, RJ Barrett plays his first game for Canada um, on Wednesday, I believe. So you got plenty of players to kind of follow as well. So that should make it fun. Um, EJ, are you concerned about uh, some some chatter on Nick's Twitter about will Brunson be a little bit worn down, a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously played a ton of minutes. They had a little playoff run. He's going to be playing, you know, starting point guard for, you know, started the first game. We assume he'll, you know, play um, a decent amount of minutes for Team USA. Is that a concern of yours uh, going into the, the, the regular season? Because, you know, some some teams yeah. don't want their, you know, famously Mark Cuban didn't want Dirk to play Euro. And, you know, it's a, you know, obviously that was later yeah. in his career when, you know, it was a different situation. Brunson's just 26. But um, I, I'll admit it's, it's it, at least in the back of my mind. But the other thing is, you know, listen, these guys are going to, you know, get get workouts in anyway. So this is yeah. extremely taxing. Yeah, it's it's so tricky. I mean, I know it can be exhausting for some of these guys. Like, you know, I've heard Pog Gasol talk about, you know, because yeah. Pog Gasol is a guy who, who plays in everything or he did. Yep. He was playing everything. So he was playing for the Lakers. So you're talking about deep playoff runs and yep. playing for Spain and they're a great team. So he's not playing, you know, two games getting eliminated. He's playing probably up to the championships for the FIBA Euros or the World Cups or the Olympics and then going back to his team. I, I'm not too concerned. I think the only thing that would maybe make me pause a little bit is you know, Jalen Brunson is a player up to this point in his career that hadn't really logged these kind of minutes and this kind of mileage until this past season. So for him, I think it would be how is he preparing his body to, like, do this? Because last year was an undertaking in itself. Like, you know, my dad tells the story of when, you know, Michael Cooper started at point because Matt Johnson had some kind of injury. He was out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, Coop apparently was telling the Lakers and telling Magic, like, I could do what you do, Magic. Like, I could I could go out there and get triple doubles and lead this team. Like, we got a stacked team. Like, I could do it. And Michael Cooper played great. Michael Cooper was a great player. But, like, after the first few games, he was like, I don't know how this guy does it. Like, like to do this every single night is to a different level. You can do it one or two games. But to do it for A and two, I can't imagine that. So, bringing that to Jalen Brunson, he had to make his own adjustment from being a secondary guy, a part-time starter to being a starter and an all-star caliber guy to now take that jump from being an all-star caliber guy for 82 games to then now you're playing for Team USA, you're the starting point guard, you're playing high-level competition. I mean, these teams playing in these FIBA uh, competitions, they're not playing like this is an exhibition. They're playing like this is, you know, for, for the marbles. It's for everything. So then taking that into the regular season, that would be my concern is, is he physically ready to stand up to that toll? Um, the way he, as serious as he takes his job and he takes this game, I'm not going to put it against him, but that would probably be my only concern because it's a lot for a guy who just got thrusted into this position. Yeah. You know, there's, there's definitely pros and cons. I think the pros outweigh the cons is the, is the moral of the story. Yeah. I mean, I think like I, I've said a bunch, like I, I expect Jalen Brunson to hit the ground running when, when this season starts. Like I think that I, and I think it's going to be, I think I, I said in the last show, like I think there's a chance RJ Barrett, it can maybe get out of this, like, constant early season funky starts in because they'll be playing high level competition uh to start the year before they get to uh you know playing in the season like i don't know how many times you see carmelo anthony uh playing for the knicks you know use a successful run with team usa to buoy that into a, a good start for the new york knicks of course you know famously the year where the knicks won 54 games he was uh third mvp voting so i don't see why brunson can't do that but yeah that would be my concern that it's such a 
quick ramp up from where he was just a year ago, a guy who was playing 25 to 30 minutes a night um, and, and was not expected to be doing uh, this this much this this early. So um, it, it will be interesting to see. But again, to continue to follow Team USA, uh, you have um, you'll, you'll have until uh, August 26th. You have some tune up games and then August 26th, the real show begins. So uh, so we'll keep following that. And and then one other thing I, I will say quickly about uh, Brunson and this team is we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But it is an interesting team because you don't have necessarily the the obvious star power that is there with um, you know some of the guys we've seen in the Olympics. And the conversation we're going to have in a second that I think is going to be important is this could end up also being a two year run for Jalen Brunson. If you really think about it, because you're starting with this run on team USA playing in the FIBA world cup, which, you know, you have a ramp up, you have practices, training camp or whatever. And then you get to the following, um, uh, then you get to the following NBA season. And then remember next year, you got the Olympics. So what you're talking about there is from August, then you got maybe a month layoff. Then you get to the next, uh, the next summer, the next whatever, and then you're going to uh, uh, another Olympics. So you're talking about from August of now to potentially September of next year, Jalen Brunson will be playing a lot of basketball. So when we're talking about mileage on Jalen Brunson, that's going to be something to follow as well. Uh, I, I hope that he's able to kind of stand the, the test of time and 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 be able to, to stand up to it. But I don't know. It's I, again. I told you guys how much I love FIBA basketball. Um, in some ways, the one thing that kind of annoys me about this tournament is the fact that we have this tournament so close to the Olympics. Like I remember when before it was the FIBA World Cup, it was the FIBA Championships, World Championships, which I kind of mentioned earlier. When I said that Spain were defending World Champions, but like. There was a time where this would happen two years as a buffer. So what I'm talking about with Jalen Brunson, where you have this time where he essentially could be playing basketball two years straight, wouldn't have actually happened. There would have been a layoff. There used to be, um, you know, the like if the FIBA World Cup was this year, the Olympics would have been two years from now as opposed to next year. So that that's a that's an interesting kind of twist to this that I think is going to be. Um, interesting follow as well. Like I wish they would find a way to move it back to being um, a two year gap between the world cup and the Olympics. Cause I think it ends up forcing guys to make tough decisions. I mentioned how Giannis Antetokounmpo is not playing in this tournament. There's still question marks about whether Jamal Murray is going to play in this tournament. It looks like maybe they lean to yes recently is what stuff I'm seeing from Canada. There was early thoughts that he was definitely not going to play, but a lot of these players are going to have to make decisions about, you know, how much are they willing to put their bodies on the line uh, for a World Cup when you also have an NBA season and then an Olympics that you want to play for? I think a lot of this roster that you're seeing that's put out there are guys that want to be in the fold and want to be in the discussion for when the Olympic team comes out, which is when we ask why isn't there perhaps bigger star power? The Jason Tatum's, um, the Jalen Brown's, some of the other stars that have played on Team USA in the past that have won gold. I think those guys are deciding, hey, like, as much as we love Team USA, it's a tall order and a, and a big task to say, hey, we're going to take you from, again, this August to September of 2024 um, playing basketball pretty much nonstop. That's something that I think FIBA has to fix. Now, it might not be much of their concern because they don't care about an NBA schedule per se or how that uh, mixes with how this all works. But that just seems like a, a, a fix that would be easy. That would be easy for everybody, you know, because you don't have these guys um, taking these risks. And I think what will happen is you'll have more guys invested in playing um, in the World Cup like we've had in the past. Like we've had LeBron playing in the World Championships, you know. We've had Carmelo and Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant. Like these guys used to play in the World Championships last the World Cup in previous years. But um, in recent years, since they made that switch, now you have these players have to make very tough decisions to say, hey, I'm going to risk not playing for my national team this year. Hope that, you know, the following year for the Olympics, I'll still be considered. Now, I think that there are plenty of players who um, will make a decision to 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 do it. And 
they may get burned. There are some guys like a, you know, Jason Tatum that I think won't have any issues when it comes to uh, wanting to play next season. I think that he'll have a spot on the roster. But Tommy, uh, any thoughts on maybe that aspect that also maybe concerns me is the the World Cup and how it's been stationed. It's set up essentially a year before the Olympics, which means Jalen Brunson, a player who you know will obviously want to play for that team, and we'll talk a lot about that in a second in the next segment. But like you have a player in Brunson who is going to play in the World Cup. He's going to play a lot of minutes. He's you know Steve Kerr has mentioned he's essentially the leader of this team. He's going to have to play a regular season, and then he's going to have to play a, potentially again in the Olympics. Like I was saying, I feel like it would be better if FIBA could find a way to push it back a year the way they used to, where it would be basically two years in between World Cup and Olympics. Because then you'd have more more NBA players and more top guys playing in this. Like, it's great that Luke is playing. It's great that some of the other guys are playing. But as I mentioned, Giannis not playing. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray, questionable. There are a lot of other NBA players on certain countries that are questionable because they don't want to have to do this back-to-back years of playing international ball. Yeah, I, I mean, ideally, that that would be the the ideal scenario, but there's just so much kind of, you know, uh, political red tape, and they got to figure yeah. out, you know, schedules and, and all that other stuff. So I'm sure they looked into it. I'm sure the NBA teams would prefer that. Um, there may be a reason why, you know, that, 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 that there's, there's a, a preference on, on one hand, um, you know, FIBA, um, you know, we'd have to look at all those details. Um, but I definitely, um, I certainly agree with you. And I think NBA GMs and players and coaches, um, would agree with you as well as that, that would be the, the preference. Um, you know, we'll see if they talk about it, amend it in the future going forward. Um, but that would certainly be the, the ideal scenario. Yeah, I think so as well. Now, uh, staying with Team USA, while Jalen Brunson was shining in his debut with Team USA, you had one NBA guard suggesting that he may have been snubbed. So speaking on Gills Arena, uh, he Trey Young, Hawks guard, he was asked about um, playing for Team USA for the Olympics next year, uh, talked about his experience playing with them in the past and hoping that he'll be on that team. I mean, obviously, like... I definitely want to like I've I'm, 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 I've talked about playing on USA a couple of times so um, I definitely want to it's up to them if they want me to I mean I would love to, to play with guys and show off my passing even more and not have to go out and score a lot and just be there if they need me to so I mean I don't I'd be happy to obviously I'd love to play but we I mean I, I respect the, the OGs and understand it's gotta take your turn but I believe I should be. So if you got Jalen, you got Trey Young saying that he should be on the team. That would mean that some of the guards on this team would not be here. Jalen Brunson, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and as ESPN Tim Bontems, who uh, you know covers the league as well, of course, for ESPN said uh, on their podcast, the Who Collective. You know, when you talk about the Olympics, you know, Steph Curry enters the fray. There are other guards who went to the fray, Devin Booker, like, like I mentioned before. Like there are guys who did, are not playing right now that will definitely be in the mix potentially for the Olympics. So tight, the spots could be tight for guards on Team USA. And Trey Young saying he should be on the team definitely puts Jalen Brunson kind of in that line of fire. So uh, I'll ask you, Tommy, would you take Jalen uh, Trey Young over Brunson or Halliburton? for a Team USA uh, Olympic team or even the team that we have currently playing the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last time. Uh, you know, Brunson had a better season than than Trey Young. Um, and uh, listen, there's a case to be made that Trey Young belongs to the team. I mean, a guy that's capable of leading the NBA in points and assists. Uh, listen, there's, there's no two ways about it. Extremely talented. And we talked about three-point shooting, even though Young hasn't been as efficient from behind the arc. Um, you know, again, there's a case to be made. Um, but just like when we talk about all-star spots, if you're going to take one guy, put one guy on, you, you have to say who you're going to take off. Um, and I think Team USA made the right call in, in Brunson and Halliburton um, going forward. Um, Trey Young still remarkably young, has a long career ahead of him. Um, you know, maybe show he can defend a little bit better, um, you know, add a little versatility to his game, um, you know, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if that, that if that, uh, you know, increases the chances of him getting named to the uh, getting a spot sometime in the future. Um, but, uh, you know, I think at this moment for right now, um, 
USA did the right spot and did did a, did, did a good job at how they round out the roster, especially in the backcourt. It'd be tough to make a, an argument, a strong argument, that um, that Young deserves a spot over either Brunson or Halliburton. And then you can only have so many guards. So, um, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but, uh, you know, I'll side with Team USA on this one. Yeah, and it was interesting uh, because for me, you know, again, and, and to talk about Young's resume, I mean, he, he was on the select team in 2019. Uh, he had to leave early because of an eye injury. Uh, I believe it was Bonson as well who said that he really wasn't all that impressive during that run. Uh, Windhorse at the time said that he was playing very well. So maybe this conjecture about how impressive or not impressive Trey Young was the last time he was with USA. Um, he did leave Team USA to a goal in the FIBA Americas playing for the under-18 team. So it's not like Trey Young hasn't been in the system at any point. He, he's been part of the Team USA uh, situation, but he was not invited, I guess, for this run. And I guess there's question marks whether or not he'll be invited for the next run. Now, the reason why I think Trey Young didn't get picked, well, there's a lot of reasons. I think they're interesting, different reasons. But one of them being the fact that you, you have – FIBA basketball is very different than the NBA. And the, maybe the, the most stark difference is how defenders are allowed to guard you on the perimeter. And we've seen smaller guards over the course of several years during playing FIBA basketball struggle with the adjustment of how physical you can be on the ball. Um, in FIBA, you can hand check. In FIBA, they allow a lot more body contact. And these are not things that happen in the NBA. And when you talk about Trey Young, guy who's six foot, 170 pounds, 180 pounds. Uh, he looks like the guy that has the kind of profile of a player who could struggle in this environment. Now, it was interesting. Uh, Lavelle Moten, I guess, commented on this on social media, on Instagram. And he said, uh, you know, different game in Europe. Normally, small guards don't fare well. What's been successful are bigger guards who can defend and guard most positions. Brunson, Tyrese, Kay Cunningham, who also was playing for the select team and was apparently invited to play for Team yeah, that's, USA. But that's another thing regarding Trey Young is that Kay Cunningham was played really well in the scrimmages and it was reportedly invited to join the team. Yeah, yeah, he was invited. He, he decided not to because he's trying to get ready for uh, the NBA this season, having not played this year. Um, uh, but he said all those guys have experience, which is super important. I assisted with the 2015 team and Brunson's the reason we won gold. They are they allow European teams to beat up beat you up physically. Brunson, uh, Jay, uh, Trey Young, who, again, never afraid to throw himself in the fray and cause, uh, not want to say cause issues, but, you know, defend himself, uh, then commented on this post and said, uh, you said, quote, unquote, small guards don't fare well, then went to bring up JV was the reason y'all won. Then has a kind of thinking emoji, face palm emoji, and then laughing emoji. So uh, to me... Dre Young, I think, definitely feels a way about Jalen Brunson being on his team and him not being on his team, especially when we have the discussion about small guards, big guards playing in the FIBA games. But I think the difference is Jalen Brunson is a tank. Okay, <laughs> Jalen Brunson is strong. He's not a guy that's easily bullied around. We've seen in the playoffs teams try to put the likes of uh, Karis LeBert, uh, Jimmy Butler guarding him. And we've seen him tear those guys apart in the NBA. Now, I know, again, I know it's a different game, but those are bigger, more physical players. Teams have tried to put length and size on Jalen Brunson, and it hasn't worked out well. We've seen him put up 40 on his buddy, Mikael Bridges, one of the best defense players in the NBA. Trey Young is it, struggled when teams have put that kind of size on him, when they've been able to beat him up. We've seen what Miami was able to do to him two years ago. We see what Boston was able to do to him this past postseason for most of the time. No, he played better later on in that series. You take that to the World Cup, that's the difference. It's not necessarily just small guards. It's your style of play. And we know Trey Young also is a you know foul merchant. He's looking to draw fouls and, and, and get calls, which is a part of his game. I'm not, it's not a critical part that I'm trying to make. But when it comes to the FIBA game, that's not going to work. So I, I think that, that that's an element that makes a difference as to why Brunson made more sense and why I think he would be a better fit on this team. And then Halberton is six, seven. So, I mean, he's a much bigger guard. He can probably handle that toll a little better. He can also go, excuse me, guard multiple positions. So I, I have no problem with him not putting him on this team. And I think he's going to have a tall task trying to make the Olympic team. And again, when a guy like Steph Curry maybe decides I want to play as well. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's I, and and I think the important point is the is the Kate Cunningham thing. You know, like if yeah, exactly. If there was one other guy that they were going to add, it sounds like Cunningham was a guy, and he certainly played well enough in those scrimmages. From all reports, um, was dominant even. Um, but yeah, yeah just the, the background there was he's coming off an injury, didn't want to commit to you know three month, you know full month of practices and scrimmages, etc. So. Um, He's a, he's a, and he's another guy to keep an eye on, you know, for next season in terms of, uh, you know, a uh, guy that could could really put a make a make a leap. He's one of those guys. Yeah, you could be seeing a breakout year from yes. Kate Cunningham by all accounts. I mean, he was a guy that was highly regarded coming out of high school uh, at Mount Bird, and then highly regarded coming out of OK OK State. And, and you know, he's been playing Detroit, so first year didn't go well. They lost a lot of games. He had a good season, but not the team. And last year, they just he couldn't get out of the starting blocks. He had the shin injury that set him, you know, sat him down for the entire year. But he's he's a very intriguing, very talented young player. And the other thing about the Trey Young thing that I think is important too is we've talked, we've seen Steve Kerr and Grant Hill, which I think is very important. I'll tell you in a second. Speak because Grant Hill is, of course, you know, the president or executive running Team USA right now. Uh, speak about Jalen Brunson as a leader. Speak about Jalen Brunson and his character. Speak about Jalen Brunson and how he um, impacts his teammates and how impressive it is and how impressive it's been pretty much since he got there. Trey Young works with Grant Hill. Grant Hill is a part owner for the Atlanta Hawks. A lot of people forget that because he's doing Team USA, he does TV, but like he's invested in the Hawks situation. He knows the Hawks situation. He knows Trey Young. So when I see Grant Hill talking about how great a character Jalen Brunson is and how important it is to have a guy like that on his team, and then I hear his starting point guard for the Hawks saying, well, why did I get picked? What's wrong with me? I don't know. I'm putting two or two together and saying, hey, maybe they don't think you're the kind of character or the right kind of person to put on this team. We've seen you uh, have trouble with coaches in the past, teammates in the past. And as we mentioned, if you're going into next next year, where you do have bigger stars that are going to be playing. Maybe Trey Young is not the kind of guy that can take coming off the bench. Maybe he's not the kind of guy that could take playing, you know, 10 minutes a night. Like, that may be Jalen Brunson's reality next year because, of, again, if Steph Curry's playing, I mean, Jalen Brunson's not starting over Steph Curry. So, like, that may be his reality. And that's the kind of thing you got to ask as well. Because, there's, you know, this was, of course, on Gil's Arena, by the way, uh, that he, he had this conversation. Because Gil Arenas, you know, he kind of blasted uh, team USA and the team that they have together. I want you guys to hear what Gilbert Arenas said, and then uh, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, I want to say on the back on the, on the back end of it. This is Gilbert Arenas talking about um, the Team USA team they put together for the World Cup. You see that list, man? They got man. Oh, sorry ass group. Like I'm sorry. Listen, I'm happy for the people who make it. Right? It's it's cool. Like you know, it's cool. It's cool for some of the guys who got there that I don't know. Right? That don't. Some of them probably don't even start on their team. I don't know. I don't want to look at it. Because it's embarrassing sometimes where, like, you have star play who's really stars that do want to participate, and you just automatically just say, yeah, he's not going to fit our stuff. So I think in now, too, for, for context, Gilder Reigns has a complicated history with Team USA himself. You know, he's not a great fan of Coach K. He wanted to play. He wasn't picked. And he had issues. So this is a longstanding issue with Gilder Reigns and Team USA and Nike. He goes on to blast Nike. Nike is being... Uh, part of the reason why some of these issues occur, of course, Trey Young is an Adidas uh, star. He's one of their their biggest uh, uh, guys, their biggest athletes. But the problem, I think, with some of these guys that don't understand, they say, oh, why is this guy on that team? You know, we've had Chayshon Prince play in the past, Michael Red play in the past, guys that you may say hey, aren't stars or maybe are role players. You, you can't have 12 stars. Like, you can't have 12 stars. Like, you got to have guys that are willing to be good teammates, cheer on the bench. Uh, be good practice players, not be so like upset that they're not getting time and in practice instead of maybe doing what the coach needs them to do, decide I'm going to show why I should be playing. Like, and, and that's some of the things I've heard from people talking about this team saying, why isn't there more talent or, you know, what's going on? I, I think that, that they're kind of missing the boat. Like you can't have, again, 12 superstars on a team, like even the 2012 team or even the redeemed team, like those teams had, again, a Tayshaun Prince, um, you know, the dream team that like Christian Leitner, famously a rookie, like, like it, it, to say that you're going to just put, they've, they tried this. They've tried to put, you know, just 12 stars out there, basically no practice. They go out there and win and they've lost. So there's actually a 
proven pudding, so to speak, proof in the pudding, so to speak, of how to put a team together that I think maybe Trey and maybe Gil Arenas aren't understanding. Trey Young is a talented player, a star player, an all-star caliber player without question. Nobody denies that, as you mentioned. He has a case to be on the team. He's a, he's a star player. But you're trying to put together an actual team that can function on all levels of what it means to be a team. There are reasons why you don't just put the biggest names on and say, go out there and play. Yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a fantasy team. You know, it's not just about right. compiling numbers. And and and, and the, again, that's another reason why Brunson's invaluable. And, and Kerr has talked about it. he's the guy who leads the one, two, three USA chance and little yeah. stuff like that, that, you know, may seem corny or trite or cliche. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's um, how many playoff series victories has Gilbert Arenas had. And, and I don't want to knock Gilbert Arenas. I, I enjoyed right. watching him as a player, but. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason why he could score, you know, shoot the lights out, but you know, when, uh, when it came down to it, um, he wasn't part of that many winning organizations and winning teams. Um, it's more yeah. to it than just scoring points. And, um, so obviously defensively, you gotta, you know, get some guys that are willing to, you know, focus solely on the defensive end. Um, you mentioned the, you know, Cam Johnson's and Michael Reds of the world, guys that are content to kind of stand out in the corner and not be involved in action and just, you know, catch and shoot threes, Kyle Korver, yeah. you know, those type of guys. Yeah. Um, so those, those are the type of players you need to to ultimately be successful. And, you know, not just, again, it's not a compilation of the most talented players. It's not a, a team you put on paper and say, um, okay, this team should win. Um, because as we've seen in the past, you know, uh, resulting in the redeem team and, and, some of the stuff in there, you know, in the mid two thousands, um, that is not necessarily uh, a recipe for success. It's not, and again, I have no issue with team they put together. I do think one thing, and something my brother mentioned as well, that I would like to see come back. I would like to see tryouts come back. I think that was the one thing that I, I probably from this year's team I thought was kind of missing because you look at the select team and you're seeing some of these guys, Chet Holmgren. You mentioned Kate Cunningham. Uh, you got some players on there that you say, hey, like, you know, if Bobby Porter's going to be on the team. Why can't Chet Homer be on the yeah. team? You know, and, and and that's where I wonder if a tryout environment um, would have been great. Like, I think that it was very – it was crazy during that time when, you know, Brian Clanger and Coach K kind of revamped this thing and they brought back tryouts. And you were seeing a John Wall get cut because he's getting outplayed by guys like – you know, uh, uh, you know, Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, whoever it may be. And there's a controversy. Say, well, is it an Adidas cut? Is it a Nike cut? Like, what's going on? And that, but I, I actually thought that that actually, that actually allowed team to say that I think to see clearly kind of who the guys were that should be on the team and how they could function as a team. Um, they haven't done the tryouts in a while, I think, in part because these NBA players didn't want to be embarrassed or have that kind of be a storyline for them moving forward. But that's the one thing I, I would like to see because when we talk about, um, the select team having so much success early on in the practices, but perhaps it was some of those guys probably should have been on team USA. But yeah, I, I think it's always going to be a conversation. There are going to be guys who are going to be uh, sour about not making team USA. And I get it from Trey Young's standpoint. I think he should feel sour. Like if I was saying I feel sour because uh, he's a star player. Again, you mentioned leading the league in points and assists. Like you would think a guy like that should make this team. But I think given the point guards that they have, I would not pick Trey Young over the point guard that they have for this tournament. I just wouldn't. If you tell me it's a regular NBA, NBA, NBA game, you tell me it's a right. playoff series, maybe I can make a case Trey Young to be kicked over Halliburton. I'm sure plenty of people would try to make a case for him over Jalen Brunson. I'm not picking him for Team USA, given his brand of basketball and how he plays, and the maybe problems he has with people in the locker room and coaches. But uh, let's uh, finish the show talking about a very interesting nugget I saw um, on heavy.com. We're waiting to see if the Knicks will be able to reach a contract extension with six-man Emmanuel quickly. But according to one exec, there could be a team out there that could show interest in the combo guard in a trade. So according to Sean Devaney of Heavy.com, one of the league executive told him that he believes that Toronto Raptors could be a logical fit for IQ after the departure of their guard, uh, Fred Van Vliet. He also says the Knicks could be a good fit for Raptors' impending free agent OG Ananubi. So the exec says, quote, there have been plenty, there have been pretty, they've been pretty quiet in Toronto, and there is a still a feeling that they're going to make another move here after what happened with Fred. Maybe they will stick with what they have. Roster is missing a lot. Um, he also adds, uh, I think there are a lot of questions for teams who are not sure 
uh, what, uh, I'm not sure they want to pay Emmanuel quickly what he wants. And of course, we've heard nine figures be discussed potentially for Emmanuel quickly as he gets ready for potential free agency if the Knicks do not come to an agreement on an extension uh, by the end of October. Uh, could you see Emmanuel quickly getting traded in the deal for OG on Newby? Like, do you see this as a potential, uh, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine deal potentially for the Raptors and Knicks where maybe they make this kind of move? I mean, it makes sense in a certain respect. I just can what happens with Grimes and RJ? You know, like one of those mm-hmm. guys is going to have to go to the bench. I, I don't think Barrett's going to go to the bench. Um, I would just, you know, I, I like IQ, um, you know, would, would hate to give up on him. But that being said, um, we saw what happened with Obi Toppin. Obviously, completely different situation in terms of production and, and role with the right. team, et cetera. But if you're not going to sign a guy to an extension, trade him before you can get nothing in return from him. Um, we've true. seen that uh, not only with the Knicks, we saw it with the Wizards, with the Rui Hachimura, we saw it with the Pacers, with Chris Duarte. Um, if you wait too long, um, you get very little in return. So if the Knicks aren't convinced, um, they know what uh, you know. They, they they know what IQ wants. If they if they feel they're not willing to pay that amount, um, then they really have to explore other opportunities. Um, again, that being said, um, it, 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 there is some sense to be made. You know, I, you could make the argument that that it would could benefit both teams. Um, the Raptors are in trouble going into a season. You know, they w- didn't make the playoffs last year. Now they're downgrading. Yep. Fred Van Vliet to Dennis Schroeder, um, that's tough to convince your fan base that you're trending in the right direction and that we're going to have a big bounce back. Um, so if I was the Raptors, I'd love to get my hands on IQ, um, roll him out there, um, you know, have a combo of him and Schroeder. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a little veteran presence there and, you know, a little bit of a safety net uh, should IQ not live up to the standards, that, you know, that you're hoping. Um, but uh, I would love to get my hands on IQ. I don't, you know, obviously they value on Anobi, you know, quite a bit. Um, so it's really difficult to see how this whole thing would play out. I mean, is there a deal somewhere, maybe a three-team trade where the Knicks give up RJ mm-hmm. and IQ and get back right. on it? Obi, they don't have to give up any picks in that scenario. Uh, maybe they get a pick back or two from another team, or you know, um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff there um, that could make sense. And obviously, as we've talked about, there's the Canadian connection, RJ Barrett playing for team, you know, playing for right. Team Canada. Um, you know, a t- Toronto native, um, there would definitely be some, I would think, some interest on their end. Um, if they could get both of those guys, um, is that too much for the Knicks to give up? Um, so uh, some some interesting discussions there. I'll admit I hadn't thought about, um, you know, IQ winding up there, but yeah. uh, I hadn't really thought about it. On, uh, you know, I hadn't thought about it. Uh, I had only thought about it prior to the Raptors losing Fred Van Vliet. Um, so it does add, add an interesting little wrinkle there. Yeah, I thought I thought the Fred Van Vliet kind of domino in this executive that talked talk to Sean kind of linking that to maybe there's a home for IQ there. I thought was very interesting. It's not something I consider because, as you mentioned, the Raptors are in trouble. I mean, they really don't have a point guard really on the roster besides uh, Schroeder and Malachi Flynn. Those are the only two guys. I mean, I guess Scotty Barnes can kind of he can play point guard, point forward, or whatever, but. They only have two point guards on the roster. One guy is kind of a dreaming. Um, I, I, I've always kind of liked Malachi Friend. I, I, yeah. I guess he's not done enough to start consistently. Maybe they see him as only a backup. He's never really been given that opportunity. Of course, he is. He's been playing behind Fred Van Vliet, who's a good guard. But, uh, but you would think that they definitely could use some depth, and and they probably need a real starter. Like I don't think Schroeder is a real starter, at least not on the team uh, right. of the Raptors talent. And I, it seems like they don't think Flynn is a starter. So. From their end, I, I would agree with this executive. I, I could see IQ being yeah. a fit there. Yeah. The, the question for the Knicks would be, again, if you're talking about IQ being the centerpiece of a trade that would bring Anubi here, I would have major questions about where do the Knicks go from there with right. Anubi that still has RJ Barrett on the team, still has Grimes, still has Josh Hart. That, I think, would be the biggest thing because are you getting, are you going to slide OG into the starting lineup? And if you do, that means, again, one of of Grimes or Barrett has to go to the bench. I would assume that would be Grimes. Yeah, but right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that'd be the best fit, honestly, because I think right. that that's a kind of a slow, blocky kind of lineup out there. If you're running RJ with Anunoby. The best fit is Randall. probably RJ 
being commanding that second unit and, and coming man. up with that six man. I don't think he'd accept it. You know, there's just I a, would, there's, yeah, I think he would revolt if <laughs> he was given that kind of role. The other thing is you could put you could play OG at the four a lot. You know, obviously they don't have a true back of four. So it's not like those guys, you know, it's not like, you know, RJ could still see the same amount of minutes he was coming off the bench. But it just, again, there's the optics of it and the pride and the ego and all that stuff involved. Um, that makes it uh, a difficult situation. Now, you know me, I have I have, I have not been one of the big guys super high in OG on Nubia as a Nick. But what I will say is I almost feel like watching Aaron Gordon in the finals maybe yeah. kind of like understand why OG Anubi is the kind of player that could help it seem like that because uh Aaron Gordon was just completely instrumental to the the Denver Nuggets winning a championship uh his defense on Kevin Durant in the semifinal series his defense on LeBron and AD in the conference finals and then of course uh his defense on Jimmy Butler in the NBA finals to go along with all the other things he does, he's a very good passer. He's a great cutter. Obviously, he's an elite finisher. He's a he's a you know a wrecking ball around the basket. There were some series, some games against the Lakers and the and the uh, and the Heat where he just seemed like bulldozed his way to quick ten points in the first quarter. That's the kind of stuff that OG Anubi is capable of. So that kind of player, I can see why Nick say this is a guy that that could impact winning. They'd have to figure out though how the fit matches with everybody else. And that's, I think, the question mark because, I mean, we keep talking about every other player, but to me, the elephant in the room is still Julius Randle. Like, to me, yeah. like, he's still, because we have to live in a world where there's no way where he ever gets moved, like, it inconveniences everybody else. And, look, maybe it should because he's averaging 20 and 5 and he's an all-NBA player, but when you don't get the level of production you're supposed to in the playoffs, it makes you feel like, what is this all for? Like, why am I – Get potentially getting rid of IQ and RJ for a player that I know could help me win, but in theory, he really should probably just take Julius Randle's spot at the four, and we find a way to kind of maneuver the roster around that. But we don't live in that world because this is a world where Randle has to be on the team. And it's important to note um, that if you the reason for trading IQ is you're worried about paying him. OG's right. doing big contract that you, you assume you trade well. for an extension um, or, you know, re-sign him when he becomes a free agent with his bird rights. Um, you're going to commit major money, you know, 25, 30 million a year um, in that neighborhood for OG. Uh, that's what he's going to be looking for. And that's what other teams are going to be willing to pay him. Um, you know, when an elite three and D wing, I'm higher on OG than you are. Um, I yeah. think he'd be, I think he'd be a great fit uh, in New York, um, but it's clunky if you don't, if RJ is not part of the deal. Um, and again, you, 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 it's a lot of it's dependent. You know, we, we heard about the Paul George, you know, the Knicks put, yeah. you know, putting their toe in the water and then it's kind of exper you know, just reaching out, seeing what they would ask for. And then the Clippers asked for a lot in return. They said, okay, you know, we'll see about it. And then they heard Paul George, not only, you know, you, yeah. we're going to have to give up this and then give you a, you know, a hundred million dollars, you know, extension. Um, and they were just like, no, thank you. You know, we'll pass. So that, that could be another situation with OG too. The, you know, back channels um, learn that they're just not comfortable with that second contract. I know one thing, the, the Knicks certainly have access to those back channels now that OG Anubi is a client of CAA, yes. formerly led by Knicks president uh, Leon Rose. And, and how about the fact that the Knicks team president was at Joel Embiid's wedding and Jalen Brunson's wedding? Like, I, I'm sorry, that matters. Like, that type of stuff, yeah. like, that's, that, that, that's, that's notable. That, I mean, like... I can almost... I can almost guarantee you there was probably no other team yeah. president besides Daryl Morey that was at Joel Embiid's wedding other than Leon Rose. Like, that's not a normal thing where you're just inviting guys. And again, it's not like, oh, he played. Not of course, Leon was his agent, but like, it's not like, oh, I played for Leon right. Rose. He drafted me. You know, it's not like right. bringing in Sam Hinkie, who maybe that's the way I don't know if he was or wasn't. But like, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm bringing Sam Hinkie because he got me in the league. Like, this is a guy who worked for another team still in the NBA. Yep. And you're saying, hey, I, I know this, all these rumors and there's all this smoke, but I don't care. I'm still going to yep. have Leon Rose there at my wedding. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. And and that stuff matters. I think it, yes. I think in many ways that stuff matters way more than I think the average fan knows when it comes to these connections with CAA. It's the reason why the Knicks continue to get CAA guys. The Knicks have been long been a haven for CAA talent. You know, even going back to the you know Greg Plank Runwall days where they had a whole roster that seemed to be fully CAA. Mike Woodson, head coach, he was a CAA client. Uh, those ties are deep. 
And I, I think that that is going to be a factor. It's why you're going to continue to keep hearing OG's name get mentioned. And I think also to kind of put a ball on it, that also is going to be interesting because you talk about the contract extension, you're trading for OG Anobi. I think there's also got to be some reckoning where not only is he saying, hey, make sure this contract extension is, is signed and ready to go. Also, you got to carve out the minutes that I want yeah. and, the, and the, the role yes. I want. He's not going to yeah. just go to a team, say, all right, oh, you guys want me to play 20 minutes off the bench, play the, the OB, OB top and roll? All right, sure, I, I don't care. Like, no, he's going to be like, I'm not doing that. Like, if I'm going to come here and I'm going to sign, I want this kind of money. I want this kind of role. Like any guy that's coming, uh, you know, it's not a free agent deal, but it's almost like a free agent deal. They're coming yeah. in with some kind of expectation. So if that happens, I can't imagine again, it, it, it's going to inconvenience him. Like I mentioned, Randall inconvenience everybody else. I don't think OG will be inconvenienced. He will get whatever he wants. It's some of these other guys on the team that will either be traded or sent to the bench. And, and that, of course, always comes with a, a mix of, of, of chemistry issues. I, I'll be honest. I don't know how much I love I mean, again, I've not been the biggest fan of trading for OG on and be given the prices I've heard. The the IQ, the IQ swap kind of makes it weird for me. Like, I, I almost – you'd almost be able to convince me more that you trade RJ or Grimes when he's got for him than IQ because yeah. IQ is so versatile. Yeah, um, he He's a guy that can step in if Jalen Brunson's ever hurt for any considerable amount of time. I mean, this guy averaged 21 points the last, like, 25 games of the season. Like – he he's a, a guy who's starter caliber. So if you lose that, you know, you bump deuce up to starting point guard. I mean, it's your backup point guard. Use a lot. If you have any point in time where you got to play uh, just ride extended my minutes, whether it be, you know, a game with Bronson that's foul trouble or again, a game where he's hurt and, or you got to rest and you got to start deuce. Like that's a big drop off from IQ to deuce McBride. Yeah. I wonder if the, if Malachi Flynn would come back to New York and, and that, mm. you know, yeah, because that would make sense too. The Knicks would almost need to acquire free agency, you know, see who's floating around out there. You know, the, you would need a backup point guard, you would think. You wouldn't want to go into a season with no true backup point guard, backup four, and a yeah. backup and, and Deuce McBride. Is, and, and I love Deuce, but, you know, he's to, to enter a season with championship aspirations with Deuce McBride as your backup point guard is, is tenuous. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Orange and Blue Blood. So thank you guys again so much. For checking us out, of course, this is a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can catch us on the WFN channel where you can catch the full episodes of this podcast and the uh, shorts from this podcast while posted on the WFAN YouTube channel. Tommy, let people know they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, actually EJ on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take these guys. Peace.